Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Excuse me, Mr. Announcer, sir. Uh, I don't identify as male. Uh, today, I identify as an elephant. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Uh, sir, we do not identify by weight. That is prejudicial. <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am, of course, one of your hosts, the New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan, talking with my tag team partner, the Rogue of Wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. And Newman, this week, our theme is cages. Cages, like hell in a cell. And a classic, War Games. And War Games. God damn. Yeah. You know what? Um, quick guess. How many of these cages are going to actually keep any other people outside of them? Any other people outside of them? Mm-hmm. Because the point of a cage is to keep everybody outside. Yeah. Hmm. We have three of those matches. How many do you think are going to have outside interference? One. Or, I'm sorry, going to have outside interference? Yeah, like somebody else getting into the cage or something. Oh, two out of three. Really? A.K.A. the two Hell in a Cell ones. Because I was, you know what, given, given the setup, I was only going to call for one. Because I figure that the uh, New Day, whoever the third member is going to be, will probably get involved somehow. Yeah. But with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, I don't think there's anybody else to get involved. And uh, with the War Games match... I don't really know if there's anybody else to get involved either who's not already that in the one, match. That one, there's definitely no one to get involved. Yeah. But Shane and Owens could be really interesting. Mm, who, do you, who do you think might run down into there? I, I'm not sure. I think you might get... I don't know if direct interference in the match, I'll say, but we could get an appearance by, say, like, Stephanie. Hmm. Because I think that's where this is going, right? I don't that know. It's, Owens it's... takes out Shane. Like th- this is what I'm imagining with this match. I'm imagining mm-hmm. Owens just destroy Shane, like leaves him a bloody mess, that, and then yeah, that's absolutely he, what should happen. And then he's stretchered out, and you have like an appearance by Steph, and eventually it's going to lead to Hunter coming back. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like I agree. The direction here is that after Shane, uh, Kevin Owens will be moving on to Triple H. Hmm. At some point, I don't know whether the timing would be more of like a Royal Rumble or I don't think this would wait all the way until WrestleMania. Yeah, I can see like Owens destroying Shane here and mm-hmm. then having like a feud, so to speak. And I'm using air quotes on a podcast mm-hmm. uh, with like Daniel Bryan, with like Daniel trying mm-hmm. to rein him in. But uh Obviously, Daniel can't get into the ring, so right. that's got to lead towards someone getting into the ring, and so eventually it'd be Hunter. Yeah, and I think probably in the interim, it's it, I think it's going to be Zayn for a little while longer because mm. he's he's been like constantly attached to this storyline. You know, like even just this last week, he was warning Shane not to go out there, saying it's like, you know, look, 
This is beyond the Kevin Owens that you know. This is he's snapped. <laughs> this is psycho Kevin. Yeah, I, I was the best man at his wedding, and this is the worst I've yeah. seen him. <laughs> and well, and and on, on top of that too, I think part of the um, Starcade card is advertising uh, Sammy and Kevin. I wish I lived in what is that down in uh, North or South Carolina? I think North. I, uh, I'm not sure. God, I wish I was down there for that house show. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's fucking like the name is such a huge thing, the Starcade name. Yeah, and then fucking uh, Rock and Roll Express <laughs> gonna face off against the club, dude. You know who they should fucking face off is a uh, um, Tex Too Bad, Tex Ferguson well, and see, Chad Too Bad. Uh, I think it was uh, Robert Gibson said that. Oh. He was like, I don't care if it's the club or, uh, and he called them their their tag team name. It was like Tex Too Bad. Yep, it's Tex Too Bad. Yeah, I'm a big Southpaw fan. <laughs> Tex Too Bad is one of my favorite tag teams. I would, you know what? <laughs> Tex Too Bad versus The New Day would be a fucking dream match for me. What what I hope they do at that at the Starcade House Show is like uh, vignettes throughout the night of like the Rock and Roll Express and Tex Too Bad like building up to that match. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, like if that was the fucking main event, that would be the best. It's like every other fucking match actually has like real work rate and like some shit going on, and then this is the main event. <laughs> That'll be a lot of fun. It'd be so much fun. That'd be a lot of you fun. Know, dude, you know that for the club, like that's a dream match of theirs. Like they're getting into the ring with their it's gotta be at least one of their tag team idols. Because the, the those characters are a little based off of Rock and Roll Express. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I'm sure they're those, I'm sure they're fucking excited. Those matches are always fun to watch. when you can tell the guys are having fun. Mm-hmm. Uh that's Although you know what, to to uh, segue a little bit. Speaking of when you can really tell that people are having fun, a a podcast recommendation for you if you haven't checked them out yet. Um, the Edge and Christian Pod of Awesome. Yes, dude, I love that. That's a really good show, dude. I uh, I listened to their I listened to the Cena and Orton episodes. Oh, dude, how good was that Orton interview? Dude, uh, the Cena one yeah. too. They Not were to... both fantastic, but yeah, it's like they were like I'd never heard those guys talk on that sort of level before, you know. Like, just being able to hear that guy behind the character. Well, it's just how, so how funny. fucking different those guys are. They're so polar opposite. <laughs> uh, like, oh, yeah, I love, like, Cena, like, oh, I'm going to work so hard in this. And Orton's like, dude, I want to build guys up so I can be home with my family. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, I just want to build everybody up so that I can fucking go home. <laughs> like, he's... And, oh and not in a laced way. Like, he was so serious. He's like, I want guys to take my place. Like, I want... <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know what? Even even outside of what he wants to, but like the actual way they've been used to, how many more fucking guys has Randy Orton like kind of built up as compared to Cena? So many more. Because he's mm-hmm. he's basically pushed those guys past him. Yeah. Like there's so many guys that have gone above him and like held the championships like more times than him and things like that and mm-hmm. um Whereas Cena, Cena has such a, like a higher expectation, I think, of like how guys should be and things like that. Um, whereas when you've got Orton, it's just like, hey, can they work in the ring? Can they do that? Like, I think he wants he wants good guys to take his place, but he he doesn't have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's like 
Randy Orton has always been kind of that case, it seems to me, and I, I feel like this is the sentiment from a lot of the other wrestlers and people who've talked about him over the years, that he's this incredibly brilliantly gifted guy. He has all the natural tools, and so that he, being a wrestler for him, is pretty fucking easy compared mm. to a lot of these other guys. But like as far as motivation, he's like, eh, you know, it's the thing that I do well. I don't really care that much. Well, yeah, because like, on the podcast, Christian tells that story. I forget who was he was talking to, but Randy was like having a match, and someone walked up to Christian and was like, ah, "But he doesn't fucking know how good he is." And like he he said he didn't for a while. Yeah, I bet he even on some level, I think he probably still doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe he does. He's probably he's been doing this so damn long, dude. Maybe he does now. Yeah, and he's just kind of like comfortable in his own skin of like yeah i'm really good at it but i don't know i don't really care that much or he's just he has other priorities whereas cena is like this is everything or at least uh cena is an absolute fucking workhorse and that whatever his job is at the time exactly he puts his nose to the grindstone and most of the time that's wwe Mm -hmm. whereas randy it was like the job came so easy to him where it, and I think I think the harder part of his life has been his personal stuff, mm-hmm. uh, because he has had like the drug problems and things like that. So it was now he has this solid family life. He was like, "That's the part of my life I'm going to work hard on. Like I want to keep them." Right. Well, you know what? That it it's interesting. Like I already said that they're kind of polar opposites, but that's that's kind of what I've. Oh, I totally lost my train of thought there. All right, got it back. They're totally polar opposites because, yeah, like, Randy Orton is the genius who doesn't need to work hard. And Cena, like, because you even hear Cena talk in his interview about how he was, like, you know, not that great as far as, like, technical wrestling. And he was, like, about to be getting fired before he got onto the rapping gimmick. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, even now it's, like, Cena is still kind of on, like, the lower end of, like, the guys who can have a good match. And, you know, generally needs to be, like, with somebody else who can carry him to that really good match. And then he'll get up to their level. But he's not, like the guy who's going to carry someone to a good match mm-hmm. even now. So it's like, you know, he, he has so many weaknesses compared to Orton so that he had to like work twice as hard to ever overcome them. And then when he found out that he was great on the stick, you know, that really, you know, definitely put things in his favor, but yeah, like he's had to work so much harder for all these things. So it's like all these things that he has, he has to appreciate them because he's put in all this time. Whereas Orton, it's like, ah, eh, like I don't have to work for shit. So like, why would I appreciate it? Yeah. So I think it makes sense. It's, it's it's interesting just to see how much like your talent influences your personality. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just to go that that podcast overall, Edge and Christian are so fucking good together. Oh, my God. You can tell they've been friends for like their entire lives. Yeah. Attached at the hip. Mm hmm. I, I love that they, they argue over uh, gets like who got the person for the interview. Yeah, they got the gets and then the whole yeah. uh, rocket strappers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. The fucking rocket strappers. People are begging to be on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> because they get to work with the rocket strappers. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know who's a real rocket strapper? Who? Enzo Amore to the 205 Live brand. Yeah. Now, well, now guys are wanting to go there, right? Because of Enzo. Yeah, I mean, Kalisto has been drawn into the world of 205 Live now. Yeah, drawn out of obscurity and into 205. 
out of straight up nothing. What? What was the last thing he did? <laughs> well, the last thing that I can remember he did, which is what Enzo brought up at some point the week, I can't remember whether it was Raw or Two Hundred Five Live, was that uh, he had a trash can match. Yeah, right. Braun he, had the, uh, he Braun threw him into the dumpster. Yeah, and he wait—that's when he gave the promo. I am not trash. <laughs> I am not trash. Was that was that was shortly after Lucha things? Yeah. The like the worst promo. Oh my god! I can't wait to do Lucha things. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't amazing this week on two hundred five live against Enzo, but that was a lot better than Lucha things. Yes. Well, it's kind of a bad pairing, so to speak, right? For Kalisto, like, here, oh, yeah. we're going to put you up against one of the best guys on the mic in the business right now. Well, it was like, you know, it was it was kind of like a Roman Reigns-John Cena situation all over again. Oh my god, yeah. Like, one guy just completely out of his fucking league. Maybe, and maybe it's like a deep end type thing. Here, Kalisto, we're going to throw you in this, see how you do. You know what, maybe that is the idea. They're just like, all right, Enzo is clearly this huge personality, and we know that Neville is another star that we built pretty well, and we're just going to start throwing the other cruiserweights at Enzo and see who else sticks. Maybe that's the plan. I don't know. Mm. And uh, another part of this plan is going to be interesting is, like, where do they go with Kalisto from here? Um, he basically has to win the title from Enzo, right? Or I, I don't – I feel like that would be a really bad idea. Right, but but at the but same then, time, yeah, it's, I think they'll just have the to title? somehow to. I think they just have to do some sort of thing where they somehow dissolve that clause and other guys get chances again for some reason. Yeah, now that Kalisto had his shot, now that that contract has been like wiped out or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or you know what you could do, kind of like a this would be like a really weird way to throw that stipulation on or something. But maybe it's like a if Enzo cheats to win, then everybody gets title shots again. So that mm. he has a choice in the match. It's like, well, I can fight fairly and try to keep winning. Or if I resort to cheating, then that opens up everybody else to being able to go after the title again. Yeah. Because that would be like a way to continue that it's like, right. Because it's like, you know, I feel like the story of Enzo Amore is just how many times he can keep cheating and dodging these guys until someone catches him and takes the title. Because mm-hmm. I don't see him getting like a legitimate win over anybody. Well, yeah. That that was the clear story from the start of him going to two hundred five live was right. he couldn't keep up technically so he had to start cheating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd like to see some more of that. And I don't know what did you what did you think too of his whole like rundown of the division? And it's start like it's it's been too much now, right? Like at a certain point, like it's just like well, can anyone go up against him? Yeah, like I, he's kind of it's like lowering the the field too much. Right, exactly. You that or it's or do you think it's like I guess their their um their thought process is probably that it's like, "Oh, well look, if we get all these heat on these guys on him, then like each whenever they get back at him, then it'll be better." But yeah, I think you're right. It's it, I think it's airing a little bit too much. Yeah. Like running one or two people down is fine. But like when he's like just sitting there going down like a lineup, like. Well, I think it, it. I think the biggest problem is just that like, there's like none of these guys are really getting an opportunity to say anything back. You know, yeah. So if they just kind of look like idiots for like, well, why are they all coming out here to get insulted if they can't hit this guy and if they're not going to say anything? 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just kind of, in my eyes, it's like, oh, it just kind of makes him look dumb. But it, it's it's not the worst thing in the world. Like, they can overcome this. No. Yeah, And I'm I think the fact that, that, like, the first week they did beat up Enzo, like, did help a lot. <laughs> yeah, that was their comeback, so to speak, right? Yeah. yeah. And that, like, they have been still running the storyline that, like, you know, Enzo could basically lose to any of these guys, so he's afraid of them. And so that kind of helps give them their power back, even though he's, like, running them down. It's like, well... At some point, the bell has to ring. Yeah. At some point, he's going to get his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Which was uh, literally Ziggler's uh, line to Bobby Roode in his promo. Is that at some point, the bell has to ring, buddy. Yeah, which is... I, it's Now that I think about it, it's kind of funny because that's, um, that's a very famous like wrestling term in when they talk about like a talent that didn't get over as much as they thought. Uh, like Bruce Pritchard said, says it on his podcast. He's like, and then the bell rang. <laughs> like, because they're talking about how, like, some guy that they thought was going to be great, and then he gets into the ring, and the bell rings, like, and he goes to shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, clever wording there by Mr. Ziggler. Um, but this feud is. <sighs> it's in a weird spot. Yeah. It's in a weird spot because... Like, like, I should love this, right? It's Root and Ziggler, two of my favorites. Well, there's two problems. There's All right, there's... Let's see. Are there two or three? I don't know. I'm just going to start listing problems. How many there are there? First problem. Bobby Root should not be a face. What the fuck? Yeah. His character literally screams heel. Every single aspect of his character is heel, except (laughs) that people like his entrance. His theme song is literally the word glorious over and over again. But at the same time, like, people like Bray Wyatt's entrance, and he can still be a heel. So, I I don't know why they decided to make him face because of this. It makes It's like the no type sense. of face, right? Or the type of heel, I'm sorry. Well, like, he's not even a heel. Like, his, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he's supposed to be a face for some reason. And his face character is like the most, like basic bland bullshit face character he just comes out and says a catchphrase Mm. like every single thing about this feud it's so weird because it's like it's proving the heel right which is not what you're supposed to do right the heel's supposed to be wrong it'll be in the ring that he proves the heel wrong right i guess that's supposed to be the story right is because if bobby Roode wins the match that means that he's not just an entrance even if his Mm -hmm. matches are blase as fuck well, is Ziggler's Ziggler's argument argument isn't about style, right? I I don't know. We well because we haven't seen him in the ring yet. That's the other really fucking big issue about this whole thing, is that it's yeah. like, okay, Ziggler has been doing this gimmick for a little while now, and so much of it hinges on the fact that he's going to have to start winning matches, and he hasn't had any matches yet. Yeah. So he has to win this match, otherwise his gimmick is dead in the water. Because he's literally saying, I'm the best in the ring. Right. And you can best only go so far if you keep losing. Right. Especially if you just lose to, like, the newest guy on the roster, then it's like, I like, I don't even know where Ziggler would go from there. So, I mean, well, I guess we'll get into the predictions, but it's like, I feel like Ziggler has to win here. Like, there's no, the story makes no sense otherwise. Because it, it would help Ziggler's character if he wins, obviously. And then honestly, I think in the long run, it would help Bobby Roode's character because then he could actually go through a thing of having to prove that he's more than an entrance. 
Because, I mean, he is just an entrance right now. Yeah, on SmackDown so far, he is just an entrance. Because yeah, he's, he's still got the entrance. As far as the name-ring talent, he's really nothing special. And then as far as the promos, his promo is a face-sucked balls. That's That thing sucked, right? Yeah. Well, he shouldn't be a face. Exactly. Like... Bobby, I should say, the wrestler Bobby Roode can be a face. The character of Bobby Roode on SmackDown right now cannot. Right, it's like when, you, when you're trying to be Ric Flair 2.0, you, you can't be a baby face. Yeah, because you're not Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, also, you're not Ric Flair. <laughs> Ric Flair could be a baby face in that role because he was fucking Ric Flair. <laughs> oh my god, just like roll him out in the wheelchair with the rope. <laughs> Woo! I'm not dead yet, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. He just wears that shirt. I'm not dead yet, motherfuckers. Oh my gosh. Mm. Uh, the, but what Who's, else? Did who, we... Is is Sister Abigail dead yet, though? She should be, right? She got burned in a fire. She. I feel like okay, because Bray Wyatt is definitely talking correction. about her being dead at some point, and then Bray or then Randy Orton remurdered her. Yeah. Well, killed her spear, right? Maybe. I don't know. Or Should the, have been the, so unclear. The body that was there. <laughs> he like yeah, because he like, he burned down the compound, and then there was like the time where he like stuck the weird cross thingy in the ground. Mm-hmm. Was I feel like that was related to Abigail too somehow? Yeah, it was supposed to be like to ward off her spirit. So, I don't know, some shit, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I don't know. It's like I I don't want to get my hopes up because I've done this so many times with Wyatt, but. The I don't know. It's like I I feel like there's got to be some potential here for this Sister Abigail gimmick with him, though, right? Well, like I understand your argument because like there fucking has to be at this point, right? He's literally going up against a guy who's beat him without his face paint and with his face paint. Like if Bray now puts on face paint and fucking loses again, I don't know what the fuck you're doing with him. Yeah, like at the at oh my god. Right? Like, think about that. Like, he keeps challenging this guy. Like, why can't Finn just go, no, I've beaten you? Like, oh, my God. I, we have to fucking send you. There's this video. It's fucking hilarious. It's called uh, Bray Wire Eater of Pins. And it's like a three or so minute long video. It just does a compilation of, like, a little bit of his promo against some guy. And, you know, it's all about how it's like, oh, I'm going to eat your soul and do all this shit and destroy you and you'll be never the same. And then it flashes to, like, the ending of their match where he gets pinned and beaten <laughs> by each one of these guys. <laughs> it just gets sadder and funnier every time. Because it's, like, back to back to back. It just feels like this whole, like, all right, well, goddammit, I couldn't beat this guy. So I'm going to say this creepy shit to this guy. Fuck, I lost again. <laughs> and, like, I, I, like, he looked like he's finally snapping, right? Is that what they were planning this whole time? Is that he loses so much that he's just snapping? I definitely feel like that was not the long term plan because I feel like oh, I definitely can't give wasn't. Him that much credit. But like, finally, maybe they're smartening up and realizing that it's like, all right, we just can't do the same shit over and over again. We have to finally do something with this guy, otherwise, beating him isn't going to mean anything, right? Because like, if he just fucking always loses, then who gives a shit if he beat Bray Wyatt? Hmm. So it's like you you have to do something to reinvest in the character, otherwise the character's dead. And I, it's like, all right, is this it? Are they? Do you do you have faith in this? 
or is this just another set of smoke and mirrors? Probably another set of smoke and mirrors. <laughs> it's like, but they're like, they're actually, it seems like they're finally doing something different. There's actually character progression. He's finally like on some level, even though he can't fully accept that he's accepting that he's a loser and that he's lost and that something is wrong. And, you know, because he's a crazy person, he's like psychotically breaking. Please, WWE, just let him win. Let him be Sister Abigail and be creepy and murder Finn Balor. Because I feel like that is the way they're going about it, uh, based on that promo, is that it's going to be him and face paint, maybe even with new music, maybe something else different. I would hope he changes up his moveset a little bit. Um, but yeah, it seems to be more so that than I would think somebody else debuting as Bray Wyatt. What do you think? Definitely. I think it's it, it's because it, it would make sense, right, with him uh, making his arguments uh, to Finn Balor about mm-hmm. using the face paint and for that, him to then be a hypocrite, so to speak, would go along with his heel character. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what, too, because it's like, OK, so if he beats him as Sister Abigail, then it's like, all right, then we have the final whatever rubber match at some point of the, or the ultimate super rubber match of sister Abigail versus demon Balor. Yeah. Yeah. I could, that's yeah. They have to go that way. Right. Or is this Finn Balor just going to win again? (laughs) And then we're still going to get the Finn Balor or demon Finn Balor versus. Yeah. Cause like, whatever. Sister Abigail. You know what? If, if they, if they are not serious about this reinvestment in him, which you know what? I almost have to give them a little bit of faith because look at what they've done with Enzo. I really didn't think they were going to give shit about Enzo after Cass got injured and they broke them up. But look at this. They've let him become something. Yeah. So maybe they can extend some of that grace over to Bray Wyatt and do this with Sister Abigail. But if not, I feel like he would still have a potential future as just like managing Braun Strowman. Like just fucking don't do matches anymore. Just have him talk for Braun Strowman. Make the promos a little bit more clear. Basically, just be like the Bray Wyatt version of Paul Heyman. Just essentially uh, promise people that your monster is going to murder people. That's it. That could work. I'd be down with that. Because Braun Strowman has actually been doing like, okay, I guess, on the mic. But I think I would prefer him talking less. You know? Oh, definitely. I I think they've been making him talk too much lately. What do you think? Uh, yeah, because he can't really say, he can't, he can't say much, right? And well, not feel, eloquently. Well, I feel like his, like, even if the guy can be more eloquent, the character shouldn't be. Like, Braun Strowman, the character, is just the me pick up stuff and smash. Yeah. He's Braun, like, Braun is in his name. He's not Brain Strowman, he's Braun Strowman. <laughs> That's kind of funny. You don't I'm see him there, like... On purpose. <laughs> Or maybe when he goes home, he like just is sitting there in his library and he's got his reading glasses on. You know, he's got his robe and his like a nice fireplace in his library. Drinking a brandy. <laughs> Drinking a nice glass of brandy. Oh, yes, do come in. I have many books on uh, the fine art of fighting in your underpants. I've been studying for years. Oh, that was... 
That was my favorite thing with the Randy Orton interview. It's like, I made a mistake by just doing the wrestling punk and boots <laughs> thing. He's like, because now I have to actually stay in shape and I can't get fat. Yeah, he was saying it's like Kevin Owens is doing it smart. Yeah. He's starting fat and end fat. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Dude, Kevin Owens is fucking brilliant, though. Oh, my God. How good was he on SmackDown? Like, you know what? It, there's another little interesting thing about Kevin Owens that I think um, got, got revealed a little bit on one of those ENC podcasts. They were talking about him for some reason in one of those. And they mentioned that... Actually, I'm trying to remember whether it was on that or if it was another podcast. Let's do anyway. Somebody was talking about Kevin Owens, and that mm. part of the reason that he's been in so many excellent storylines and whatnot is because he has, uh, like a little bit more of an actual like backbone, an actual will fucking like stick up for what he wants to do and will say no to storylines. Uh, it may have been that's Edge and Christian because that's Edge's big, uh, piece of advice. You know, he says mm-hmm. when people ask him what they should do mm-hmm. and he says always uh speak your mind he's like but be ready for the consequences because if you're right you'll get more trust and respect out of vince but if you're wrong be ready to eat shit for a while <laughs> like yeah it i mean it's really fucking an interesting sort of mentality like because i the anc podcast really i think illuminated for me that there there seems to be a lot more freedom than i had thought in mm-hmm. wwe and it seems to be the game is you've got a bullet. You've got one bullet. You're Jack Sparrow. You've got one fucking bullet. And you've got to pick the exact right time to shoot it. Because if you get it right, then you're going to be money. But if you fuck it up, well, <laughs> we've seen what happens to all those guys. <laughs> yeah. and uh... Or if you don't shoot. That's another thing. I think a lot of these guys that have just gotten fucked over by creative are just guys that never took the shot. Never took the shot or too, took too many shots? Mm, yeah, because I think that was the problem with Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler took too many shots at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Well, too many of the wrong type of shots. He, yeah. cause he's, he's just not a politically correct sort of guy. And in that office where it's like, oh, well, you can't criticize Cena or Orton. It's like, well, pff, fuck. Too late. <laughs> and then they just shat on him, you know? Uh, yeah, because it was uh, ENC's podcast that I thought was really interesting when... Uh, Edge and Randy Orton were talking about their feud, uh, where Vince came to them and was like, we want you to run from, like, what was it? It was some really long time. I think they said run until SummerSlam. Yeah, but I think I was from, like, maybe... It would have oh, been, been around WrestleMania. Been, yeah, it would have been from immediately after WrestleMania. Yeah. Because after WrestleMania, um, it was the next pay-per-view or whatever that uh, Christian and Del Rio fought for the vacant title. Christian won and it, Christian and then the won. next week on SmackDown, Orton beat him for the title. Yeah. It was like the two-day title reign, and that started mm-hmm. all the way to SummerSlam. Yeah, and then, like, but then they wanted to, like, switch halfway in between and put, like, Mark Henry in there or something like that. Right. And both Christian and Randy Orton were like, uh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let us finish our thing, please. Yeah. You challenged us to do this, and we're fucking doing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe on some level a lot of these guys, because... I don't know. I guess I guess I don't know all the ins and outs as far as the business aspect, but it seems like there are some different options as far as like actual wrestling, more so now than there were a couple of years ago for like other places for guys to go and make money. So I think maybe more of them should be a lot more ballsy and actually fucking take their shot because like the worst thing that happens is you can just fucking leave. And if you mm-hmm. if you leave, it's pretty much because you decide to leave because they don't fucking fire anybody anymore. 
So then you could yeah, just leave. And you have to really fuck up to get fired. Yeah, you have to really fuck up to get fired at this point in WWE. So, yeah, like if they just completely shit on you because the shot didn't go well, then, you know, you can eventually go somewhere else. Yeah. And, but I think it's, I think in some guys' heads, it's like, it's the pay cut problem. But, mm-hmm. like, Cody has said that he's making, like, at least what he was making before, if not more. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, he's, he's also, I think, a lot, um, a lot better than the guys that they've kind of typically let go or not done a lot with. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got so much more of an insane drive to prove himself that I, I feel like he's a little bit of an exception, but at the same time, it's a good point in that he's showing that it can be done. Yeah. And I, I mean, even if you're lower on the card compared to what Cody was and stuff like that, all you have to do is just get out there and get booked on shows. Like, they love booking former WWE talent on indie shows. Mm-hmm. So just you having to put the the work in, which Cody did as soon as he got let go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, fucking immediately there was the list. Yeah, and he's been there like, was the I... list, and then he went from, like, working in California and then was flying to, like, England and, yeah, all over the fucking place. And now he's the ROH champion. Yeah. Look at that. Signing a, what, four-year deal with ROH? Oh, shit, is it that long? It's like three or four years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, not going back to WWE anytime soon. No. But hell, you know what? I bet when that is up, though, it, he might come right back. Oh, yeah. I think that's what he's aiming for. I, I feel like that would be smart. That's a good idea. I th- it would be, it'd be a real damn shame if he never came back. You know? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, after all the other people that... Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't think there's any reason that he wouldn't or couldn't. If anything, it would just be like a, I don't know, WWE's being petty for some reason. Nah, they would never do that. Like, send a cease and desist letter to the Bullet Club after they invade them. <laughs> and then the Bullet Club making a shirt, making a shit ton of money off of it. Hey, they're smart guys. <laughs> Did you see the shirts? Yeah, the cease and desist shirt. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome. Although, not quite as awesome as the Thwith uh, Thyborg shirt. Oh, that was amazing. There's a there's a shirt online, folks, for those of you who don't know, of um, from the last pay-per-view when Cesaro got his teeth smashed in. It's a picture of Cesaro with his teeth smashed up into his gums. <laughs> and instead of Swiss Superman, it says the Thwith Superman. Or Swiss Thyborg. Pretty funny. Looks yeah. real fucking goofy. <laughs> uh, that is a WWE shirt, just so you know. Oh, it's an actually officially a WWE shirt? Yes, I'm looking at it right now on the WWE website. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Those guys are fucking geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, even on the back too, it says the Tharo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Man, what, all right, so what do you, what do you think of uh, him and Sheamus teaming up with uh, The Miz there on Raw? Love it. Love it, because... You obviously need high caliber to go up against the shield, right? Yeah, the, so, the Miz Taraj was nowhere was near not, the caliber. Yeah, they weren't doing it. And I'm a lot more excited now for this. This new team, which uh, I, I've come up with a, a name for them. You want to hear it? Yes. The Miz Barrage. <laughs> I swear to God, if they use that on WTV, someone listens to this goddamn podcast. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's too fucking weird and obscure. The Miz Barrage, <laughs> dude. I, we 
we there have been so many fucking weird obscure ideas we've come up with like the fact that Dolph Ziggler is basically the Mad Hatter in a way <laughs> the fact that Alexa Bliss was riding Nia Jax to the ring like there are things man they've stolen ideas from us take the Miz Barrage it's a good one <laughs> <laughs> we don't even want money for it yeah we, you can have that one that one's fine <laughs> um but the Bray Wyatt just losing and having all this culminating to nothing, don't do that. Listen <laughs> listen to me when I say, let Sister Abigail be a thing. Let this yeah. go somewhere. Please. Just like, also, let uh, Ziggler beat Rude. Please. Please let Dolph Ziggler beat Bobby Rude. <laughs> Please. We swear everything will Please. be fine. Please. It's a lot. Trust me. Trust me. Please just let him win. Hey. <laughs> Even if he has to cheat, I don't care. <laughs> we We did have a sign of life of... Them letting guys that we didn't think would win win with Ty Dillinger staying in this U.S. Uh, U.S. Championship picture. That's true. I, I that uh I feel like that bodes well for him. He's probably going to be uh, coming after the uh, new champion Baron Corbin. Mm-hmm. So that AJ can go on to uh, other things like the WWE title and hopefully Shinsuke Nakamura and not uh, <laughs> Jinder Mahal. Oh my God. Uh, you want to go into pr- predictions now? Um, oh, wait. I need one more very important point from SmackDown. Uh-oh. We now know that Rusev Day is not just one day a year. <laughs> Rusev Day now is any day that Rusev wins a match. <laughs> How good was that? Like It was like a five-minute match, I don't think, even. But uh, Aiden English and Randy Orton. Aiden English is a good fucking wrestler, dude. They have good chemistry. <laughs> yeah, they have good chemistry together, too. I like them. And the pop-up RKO? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, that the RKO is one of the... I think it's probably got to be in the top five, if not the number one almost uh, over-finishing move in WWE. Which is kind of funny when WWE did the... I think it was, like, what, the top 25 or top 50 finishing moves or whatever they did. Mm-hmm. DVD, like that was back like a while ago. So like the RKO was in like the twenties, I think, mm-hmm. and it's just gotten so much bigger than it. <laughs> well, especially now with like the meme culture and shit like that, I think that really oh, the memes because of the RKO. Or, and now join, that's a that was another one I love that Orton's in on it now, doing the the mm-hmm. moves to his kids into the pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the, yeah, that's fucking hilarious. And he said like the kids plan it too. Yeah. They're, oh, mom can stand here, and then you run out here. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. All right, like any fucking kid, where you've got somebody as your parent who's famous, and like you're in that world of like you know just Instagram and Twitter and all that sort of shit, where you can get followers and popularity. Of course, you're gonna fucking use your famous parent. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure they probably also think he's cool to some extent, but yeah, I'm sure it's like a yeah, like let's fucking get lots of followers and views and likes and shit. Let's get our dad to do fucking RKOs on us. <laughs> Or our stepdad, I guess. Yeah. But it oh, sounds like they're re- really fucking close. I don't know. Uh, can't remember who it was. Oh, I think it was like Dak Shepard. The actor was talking about he's married to Kristen Bell. And like they brought their daughter to like one of the sets of his latest movie. And he got to like drive a car on the set. Mm. And so he got to do like this crazy like drifting move on set. And his daughter like just did not care. <laughs> and he was just talking about like, I think that's the two things with having like when your parents are famous either like 
you're like, oh, yeah, I have the cool dad. Or like, eh, whatever. He's just dad. Yeah. <laughs> eh, whatever. Can we get ice cream? Yeah. I think, actually, I think that's what she said or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell, man. Are we finally going to get a winner of these 15 belts? Well, I mean, you did win. You did. Technically, you won. Because we, we, we talked about it. It's like, hey, look, even if it's a day off. So, you won. You are the champion right now. I, I want a more definitive win. Oh, are you you're going to be that much of a baby face about this? <laughs> I'm going to be Chris Jericho in WCW. Look here, teacup. A win is a win by an inch or a mile. Centimeter. That's right. I call you centimeter. It's an Enzo What is that line. from? That was Enzo talking to Kalisto uh, this week on 205 Live. Because I'm, I'm the Enzo Amore of this program, you know? <laughs> oh, God. I thought I was supposed to be the New Jersey kid. Ah! 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 <laughs> now I'm going to be the Tozawa of the show. <laughs> Just start grunting. Uh, is, that, so... is that shit, like, not over anymore? I don't oh, know. Oh, it's definitely not. You gotta do more. The Titus brand killed it. <laughs> Titus Brand. <laughs> Hold on, I just got to die over here real quick. I was going to say. <coughs> Alright, now I'm alive. Yeah, Tozawa. That fucking Titus Brand, man. I told you that shit was poison. Should have fucking, like, beat up Titus. But yeah, now that he's a uh, fucking not the Cruiserweight contender anymore, I don't think we've seen them together anymore. Like, either on Raw or 205 Live, right? Yeah... Um, I think they've only done, like, web videos. Oh. I must have missed those. Some web videos. Have they been doing more of those, like, the conferences and shit? Not the conferences, just them backstage. They gotta go back to the conferences. That shit was funny. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so, back to Hell in a Cell. Should we run through the predictions? Uh, yeah. So, first we start off on the pre-show... We got the new American Alpha of Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin going against the Hype Bros, Mojo Raleigh, and Zack Ryder. I feel like this is definitely um, Gable and Shelton, yeah? Yeah. And I feel like we're just going to get more uh, teasing of the heel turn from Zack Ryder and or Mojo. Because I don't think they've decided yet who's turning heel. Or do you, or is it? Do you still still think that they might be both turning heel? I think it's no. That's what I'm saying. And or. Oh okay, yeah. Because like you've seen, Zach kind of hit it, and then you've also seen both of them kind of hit it. I don't think we've seen like just Mojo. Yeah, I don't think so. Because yeah, it was just the two of them together when he was uh, hinting stuff. So, yeah, I feel like this loss is gonna lead to them turning heel or something like that. Yeah, but I don't think we see anything like during the pre-show. Yeah, it could probably it'd be like a fallout thing next week on SmackDown. Yeah, that's I what see I see. All right, so now on to the main card: uh, Randy Orton versus Rusev. Are we going to have Rusev Day? I would really like Rusev Day to happen. I feel like it. 
makes more sense because I don't really know what Randy Orton gets from winning this match. So, I was actually gonna say, because yeah, like he he won at SummerSlam, and then I know that like you know Rusev got the win back in SmackDown, so we're kind of tied at this point as far as like the the rivalry goes and stuff. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like Rusev's got to get the win here. Yeah, and it doesn't obviously it doesn't hurt Randy at this point. No, I think he's he's fine and dropping. This. I actually I would like to see this feud continue because the stuff from the past just few weeks has been great. So yeah, it's been good. And like honestly, there's like what else are either of these guys gonna do right now? Yeah, there's no one else for them to face. Well, they're 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 both just kind of like caught in this weird limbo right now of like because like the u.s title i feel like it's about to go to baron corbin because if it was going to stay with aj styles then it's like okay well then maybe rusev feuds with aj styles next like maybe that would be his trajectory Mm -hmm. but like outside of something like that you know because the other one that i thought would be a really good one at some point to do would be a feud with him and chad gable with chad gable's doing the tag team with shelton benjamin right now yeah so it's like it's hard with rusev like where else do you go and Randy Orton, as a uh, per the podcast, I think just wants to turn heel again. Oh, I love it. It's like I'm done with this babyface shit. <laughs> well, he's such a fucking heel, dude. Like, I get what I get that they like having uh, having him babyface from time to time, but like, he is such a heel. Yeah, and he, it seems like he has fun with the, like the babyface character at first, mm-hmm. like when he first returns from like an injury or something like that. But then, really quickly, it's just like. All right, to really get some death, let's let's turn heel. Well, it's like I think I feel like for almost every character, there's like there's one alignment that it suits that character a lot better, and some of them can go you know back and forth between them and do fairly well. Like actually, you know what? I I think the shining star example of the guy who did both well, like roles exceptionally well, better than anybody else I can think of, is CM Punk. CM Punk was an extraordinary babyface and an extraordinary heel. Yeah, I, I do still think that he was a better heel overall. Mm-hmm. But that's still, that still feeds into my theory. But then, like, you know, Randy Orton, he's a heel. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, and also, like, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler's a heel. Like, there's a lot of guys that, like, even when they get really fucking popular and I think it makes sense for them to turn babyface, that shit should only be for, like, a short amount of time before they go and back I'll to also, being a heel. I'll add in, Punk was really good at switching quickly between the two. Mm-hmm. Because I'll give the example, I think you had, like, someone like Shawn Michaels, early on in his career, fantastic heel. Mm-hmm. But then later on in his career, fantastic baby face. But it was almost, mm-hmm. almost like two different guys because of that yeah. break in between. And yeah. so I, I won't point. put him into that league of CM Punk, so to speak, of being able to switch back and forth. Because, um, like, Punk didn't have the capabilities of taking... What was it, like seven years or whatever off? Yeah. Well, uh, who knows, unless he comes back in a couple of years. Okay. Then he will have taken seven years off or so. But yeah, because, yeah, you're right. Wow, I hadn't I hadn't thought about that. Like, who was a really good um, at both? But yeah, that's a fucking excellent point, though. Yeah, I think Shawn Michaels is probably, and it, it is different, though, because two different phases of his career. But yeah, it's yeah. very much like great heel, great face. Mm-hmm. For him. Yeah, I'm trying to think of... 
Maybe maybe The Rock, but I feel like The Rock is so transcendental that like when The Rock is The Rock, he's kind of neither heel nor face. It, yeah, it's the same thing of like Ric Flair right now. Like Ric Flair can't be heel technically, like yeah, because the crowd just loves him so much. So, mm-hmm. hmm. Um. All right. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and pick Rusev. Are you picking Rusev too, or are you going to go Orton? Yeah, I'm gonna go Rusev here. Uh, just because I think that extends the feud and. I think it's going to be a little more entertaining if Rusev wins. Mm-hmm. And you know what they need to do? And this would be the perfect place to debut it. Give Rusev a new outro theme. So he has this intro, mm-hmm. but then the outro would be an Aiden English recorded version of Rusev Day. Like the song mm-hmm. Rusev Day. So then it's perfect. So every time that he wins a match, we know that it's Rusev Day. I think it should start. I think like if uh, if he does win on... Sunday, it should be like Aiden singing it live, and then they oh, then they make it permanent. Perfect. Yes, they have him sing it live the first time, and then they record it. Like he goes, cut the music. He needs something better, and starts singing. Yes. Oh, Joe, you're a fucking genius. That's perfect. Yeah, he's like, Ah-ha-hem. it's Rusev Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. All right, Rusev has to win now. Yeah. This has to happen too, otherwise I'm <laughs> gonna be. I'm gonna WWE, really pissed. Take this one too. Take this idea. <laughs> we're giving you so many good ones. So, so many good ones. All in one episode, man. We're generous. Are uh, we? Next match. We're... All right, let's see if we're generous here. We got Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler. Hey, you know what? Even if we gave him all the shit and made him pay us, we're still giving him more quality shit than half his creative team. The fact that we gave it to him for free. You know, it's a good value no matter what. Mm. All right, Ziggler versus Rude. I'm going with Rude. I am too. God damn it. Really? Yeah, because fuck it, damn it, Joe. I have been tricked so many times into going with my heart (laughs) and what makes sense, and I'm wrong. There, I've been tricked by Bray Wyatt too many times. I'm not letting Ziggler trick me. I'm just gonna read. Fucking damn it, Joe. <laughs> Bobby Roode's gonna win this. I don't know. Hold on. We'll, 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 let's keep going. I might come back and change my mind on this one, though. I was gonna say because because if we don't if we don't differ on anything, I think I'm gonna have to switch to Ziggler on that one. Uh, AJ Styles versus Baron Corbin. I smell Corbin. So do I. That's another one I might come back to and switch. Oh, okay. Because I, I feel like with the, the storyline that Styles was running up until this point, this yeah, week, and he I, did. I, I almost kind of felt like Styles could have won because I felt like it almost made more sense to like, oh yeah, let's keep the Styles US title story going. But with how much he kept bringing up the whole squandering the opportunity thing again, and then with uh, Ty Dillinger getting the win, it was like, I feel like there's almost no way that Corbin doesn't win here. And he also hinted at going after Owens next, kind of. Oh, did he? AJ, remember that one time where he was like, oh, hey, Kevin, be careful what you wish for with Shane, kind of a thing, so. Mm, okay. Maybe maybe that's a tease for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, th- I think it's Corbin, though. Especially because I'm, I'm trying to think, like, because, like, all right, if, if the opposite thing happened where Styles keeps it, 
is Rusev his next opponent? Because if not Rusev, then like who would be the guy that Styles feuds with next for the U.S. title? Who's another heel? Yeah, because like unless they were gonna do a babyface babyface oh. thing with like a Ty Dillinger or, um, I don't know, like even go back to Chad Gable again. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think like who else they would fucking go with. Because they can't go back to Owens. Unless they're going to, like, drop Jinder back down, but uh, I don't think they're going to do that yet. He'd still have to have his rematch with Nakamura, so I feel like Corbin's taking this. Because then Corbin could feud with, like, Ty Dillinger, he could feud with Sami Zayn. Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode. Oh, maybe Dolph Ziggler would be the guy who'd go after the U.S. title. Mm. If AJ keeps it. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think that's where they're going. I think Corbin's finally getting something. Finally. Well, it's like it's so weird because like they gave him like the, that Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal win, and then like the whole year later, then it was like they still didn't give him any titles. But then it was like, all right, he's challenging for the Intercontinental Title at WrestleMania. He didn't win that then, and then he got fucking traded onto the other. Or uh, wait, did he get traded? No, Dean got traded. And then he's been, like, trying to go after some shit since then. He got the money in the bank briefcase, lost that. So it's like, man, what the fuck can this guy do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Get really angry when he loses. <laughs> Which is kind All of his right, gimmick. Up next. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he's supposed to lose. Maybe he's, his whole gimmick is squandering opportunities. Yeah, actually squandering. Yeah. All right, what else we got? Uh, Natalia versus Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, the Queen is getting the title. I th- I think Charlotte wins. I Me guess too. I should clarify because it's like uh, Natalia's like the Queen of Black Hearts or whatever the fuck. Yeah, uh, or that's why I was cats. confused. <laughs> the Queen of Cats. Uh, so you're picking Charlotte too. See, si. now do you think that Carmella is going to cash in? at all mm. side bet the infamously dangerous side bet because i have this i have this scene playing out in my head where charlotte wins mm-hmm. and rick is there and they're celebrating her win after all the troubles he's had mm-hmm. and then carmella cashes in yeah and takes the title. Yeah, because like, all right, because with this, with the timing of her getting a title reign in, she's got to do it soon if it's going to have any like level of length. Because I feel like there's no way that they're going to let her be part of the WrestleMania program for that title. Like, it's going to probably be not. Charlotte and or like Becky, maybe Natalia or Naomi. Like, it's going to be those chicks i feel like the established ones right the more so established ones so i feel like they have to do it really soon so that she can maybe get in like a solid month or two maybe carry it until like about royal rumble-ish and then drop it to like say charlotte or whoever's going to carry it until wrestlemania Mm -hmm. because like you know what i guess i'm trying to remember was was one of the other rumblings this year that like charlotte might be able to face ronda rousey was that a possibility for the wrestlemania this year 
it might be because uh, apparently the latest thing with that is that so Shayna Baszler is officially signed, mm-hmm. um, and then Stephanie said that there's an open invitation to Ronda. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That is tough though because then at the same time, if if she was going to be fighting Ronda Rousey as an attraction match, then maybe she shouldn't have the title, right? Like you probably want to have somebody else with the title. Yeah. Because, like, if she fights Ronda Rousey, she's going to lose. Like, the outside mm-hmm. people always win. And that would be kind of a, a shitty image to have her be beating the champion, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Look, man. This, this outsider came in and beat our champion. Man, there's so many implications as to whether Carmella Cash is in or not. <laughs> Because then that's making me think it's like because if, if Charlotte ends up getting diverted into something like that, then whatever women's title program is left on SmackDown is probably not going to be a big priority. So then Carmella maybe would have the title going into WrestleMania. Who knows? Wow, I can't imagine that. Because like because like if you're going to have Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey, and then you're going to have something on Raw that's probably going to be involving Asuka as the title match. Like, if you're going to have a third women's match on that show, then it's it's just probably going to be a multi-woman match. And, like, if it's one of those matches, then honestly, who cares who has the title going in? You know? So, Carmella very well could bring the title into WrestleMania if uh, Charlotte's otherwise occupied. Who knew that a Carmella cash-in would have us discussing this much? I know, right? It's like there's so many fucking weird reaching implications with this shit sometimes. At least when we overanalyze it in our little fucking show here. So. Us overanalyze? Nah. No. So do you think that she is cashing in? I think she is. Ooh. All right. Uh, Fuck. Do I think it's going to (laughs) happen? I was just so I was just thinking so speculatively that I didn't even actually bother to be like, wait, so I, do I actually think this shit's gonna happen? <laughs> oh man, this is fucking hard. Um, you know what? For interest sake, at this point, unless I change my mind, I'll take you up on that side bet. I'll think I think she's not. Okay. So, all right, Carmella, cash in for you. All right, what else we have? We have the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match, our <clears throat> first Hell in a Cell match. New day of either Biggie, Kofi, and Xavier Woods. Two of those guys against the Usos. Yeah. I feel like it's New Day, right? Yeah. For for two reasons. One, they've been building this up as being the finale of the feud really heavily. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if the Usos win it back, then it can't be the end of the feud. Um, and that we've seen the Usos as the champions for a little while longer at this point on SmackDown. Yeah, they kind of need a break, I'll say. Yeah, from the titles. Yeah, like actually, I I think it would actually be a decent idea that like if if they really do this match properly and have it be like a really big blow off and they're, they're just destroyed afterwards, then maybe they take a couple weeks off just to kind of you know chill out and then they can come back and start a new feud. With, I think uh, they could definitely like, raise up some other tag teams. Yeah, like I'd like to see them have a few with like Shelton and uh, Gable there. I think that'd be a good mm. direction for them to go when they come back. And then, uh, although I guess who else? Who? Because New Day has to find a new feud. So I don't know if like maybe Eric Rowan and Harper can come back. 
You could do uh, try and build Breezango up again. Oh, and actually do some matches instead of just the fashion files. <laughs> Missing or, uh, off of go ahead. another show. Yep. Well, you know what? They, they were saying that they might be in the pre-show for this match, right? Or this... Uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get some fashion files back. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like New Day is winning it here. Retaining the titles. Yeah, me too. Uh, next one is an interesting one. Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, this is this is a weirdly harder one, but I, I I feel like it's time for Nakamura to get the title. Yeah, I feel like Nakamura has to at least get it for like a short bit, because you can't have him go come out of this feud without it. Yeah, I feel like at this point Nakamura has to win, otherwise he's otherwise he's kind of fucked. Yeah. Um, and then as far as Jinder, it's like he's had it long enough. He's really not going to get that much more benefit from holding it. Like especially if all of his feuds are going to be this shitty. Oh um, god, yeah. But the thing that kind of complicates this, I guess, is that like they're not that far off from going on their India tour, and they might want to like keep the title on Jinder until then. Well, I could see them doing is have, like, Shinsuke win it here, and then have maybe Jinder win it back, like, on the tour. Oh, and they trade it yeah. back and forth there, just like how they did with uh, Joe and um, Nakamura, actually, mm-hmm. down in NXT. Okay. Yeah, maybe they could do something like that. Hmm. Or, or do you think it's possible, like, they just switch it right back to, like, Jinder before they go on the tour, or... Or you know what, I mean, fuck it, like, he doesn't need to have the fucking title, they just need, like, does it matter that much whether he has the title or not, or is it just that it's like, look, we have an Indian guy. And in, other guys they do, could like, have him, They could have him challenge for the title while they're in India, like. Yeah, like, he could just constantly be challenging for the title or something like that. Or he could, like, ooh, actually, you know what might be a better idea? Because instead of him trying to, like, go against Nakamura, who I would assume would probably also get cheered. Maybe he could like try and go after like Baron Corbin with the U.S. title, and like mm-hmm. yeah, like, Baron Corbin could still be the heel there, but then like in India, Ginger's the face. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they could so, run that as a program over there in the house shows. Although I don't know. Maybe, maybe it would be like a, they would see it as like a demotion. It's like what the fuck over in America, he gets to fight for the world title, and then you bring him here, and he's not good enough for that. And now he's got to fight for the U.S. title. How about an Indian title? Make an Indian title for him. Yeah, that's what WWE will do. Here, happy now. Yeah, they'll make it. They'll make the Indian title that only Indian guys can wrestle for it. So it's just him or the Singh brothers, <laughs> or the Great Kali if he comes back. Oh God! It's like with the uh, UK division. It's only the Indian guy. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a hell in the cell to keep Kali out of this match. Oh Christ! That big galoot. Fuck um. Him. Two guys that aren't going to stay inside their Hell in a Cell, though, are Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens, who are now facing off in a false count anywhere Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, this, um, when they first announced this, I was almost getting really scared because I thought this meant that Kevin Owens could lose. Because I was thinking that, like, why would you bother adding that stipulation? Because, like, there's already no rules for Hell in a Cell. You can already be outside of the cell as long as you want. You can hit people with shit. So the point is that the pin is going to happen outside of the ring. 
Yeah, because that's always been the folly of Hell in a Cell, is that you have these guys, like, kill each other outside the ring, and then have to drag the person back into the ring to make the pin. Right. So then I was thinking, like, I guess you could do a situation where, like, Shane jumps off of something, hits Owens, and then, you know, like, that's how he pins him. It's just, like, he's still on top of him after that. And they're both dead. But, because, like, I was, I was trying to think, like, the goal has to be that Owens destroys Shane. If yeah. Owens doesn't destroy Shane, they have failed in this match. Exactly. But, like, they can do it, I guess, in a way where like, either he wins or it could be, like, he loses and then goes extra crazy and then kills him. And, like, the aftermath of, like, I lost, I can't handle this shit, fuck this, you're dying. Because, like, like, I don't think they should do that, but I could kind of see them doing that. I can see it now, too, though, the way you mention it. Because, like, I, I, I could see it if something, like, you know, Owens is, like, set up on, like, the announce table or something like that. Shane, like, jumps off the uh, hell in a cell, crashes through Owens, pins him there on the ground when they're both dead. After a little, like, couple seconds or whatever, a little bit, Owens will get up eventually, realize that he's lost the match, and then just proceed to murder Shane, and then eventually Triple H will come out and maybe stop the whole thing. Either that, or maybe he just basks in the dead dead Shane for a little bit. I don't know. Because I feel like, it, how fast do you think they're going to try and set up the thing with Triple H if they go for that next? I don't think that comes around with until, like, Royal Rumble. Mm. Okay. I, th- I think you're right. That'd be smarter do you or do you think are you saying that maybe like they would start things up then and then maybe all this shit culminates at wrestlemania is that possible hmm you know actually maybe that would be a better idea like you know in in the interim now like owens can keep trying to like go a little bit crazy and yeah like think like you said maybe kind of like daniel bryan is the one who's sort of feuding with him quote unquote yeah feuding at least verbally and Mm -hmm. and then yeah eventually lead to uh like Triple H coming back or something and then uh, do a match at WrestleMania, maybe. That could be kind of cool. Yeah. Especially like, I don't, I don't, that's definitely not the direction they're going now, but like if in some sort of weird fucking way, do you think there'd be a way they could like inverse this shit at some point and make like Kevin Owens a baby face going against like a heel Triple H? I mean, Triple H is usually a heel. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it'll be interesting to see him as a face. So I could see that. Yeah. Because I don't know. It's like, I, I know it's definitely just me and like my bias and stuff like that. But like several weeks ago when Kevin Owens did that first promo with like Vince McMahon and then he like knocked him out with like all the shit that Vince was saying right before that about how it's like, yeah, go ahead and try to sue me. This country is like made for guys like me. Billionaires. You'll be bankrupt if you try to sue me. And it's like, dude, your son legitimately fucking hit him. He committed a crime. And now you're taunting that in front of this guy and saying that you'll never be able to get back at me because this country is corrupt and built for guys like me? How is that not one of the, like, the most heelish shit things ever to say? It is Vince McMahon. And then Kevin Owens beating the fuck out of you for saying it. It would be like a very Stone Cold-esque face move, in my opinion. That it's like, oh, mm-hmm. you want to taunt your money and privilege at me? Well, I'm going to start beating your ass. Like, where's your money now, bitch? Because Owens 316 said so. Because <laughs> Owens 316 said so. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, um, so, what is your prediction for Shane and Kevin? It, I do. I think it would be too much of it. It's. I know the WWE likes to pretend like wins and losses don't matter, but wins and losses fucking matter. And I think that they could still basically have the same result while still having Owens win. So I think they have to be smart enough to let Owens win. I'm going to pick Owens. I think think Owens wins too. Damn. This is, uh, okay. So So where are we different? Well, as we have it right now, before we go back and change anything, if we change anything, the entire thing depends on whether Carmella cashes in. (laughs) Because we have every single result the same. Uh, so, so I'm gonna say AJ wins in the United States Championship match. All right, then uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Ziggler over Rude. So we have, we have a couple things to hinge right. on. Yeah, we've got, we've got a little bit more to play with here now. So we've got um, it all comes down to the U.S. title match, whether Carmella decides to cash in or not, and if Ziggler can finally pull out a fucking win on a pay per view. I love how it never comes down to a fucking main event. <laughs> Now, well, dude, like, WWE is incredibly fucking predictable with their main events. Mm-hmm. That's why, like, it was really weird. Like, I remember when I was first getting into wrestling and stuff like that, when you guys were introducing it to me and shit, like, I felt like I was almost more bored by the main event than, like, almost everything else on the show most of the time. Because it's like, it was always so formulaic that it's like, oh, I, I already know what happens. But, like, not in a good way. <laughs> mm-hmm. In a... John Cena wins LOL sort of way. <laughs> but I don't know. It's like, well, I don't know. I guess we're just confident because they could just totally shit on the whole Nakamura thing and just be like, yeah, whatever. Jin just, just still has the title. Yeah. And same thing with Shane and Kevin. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I feel like, cause even if, even if Owens loses, if they did it right, where he just like goes nuts, like, cause the, like we said, if he kills Shane, then this was a success. Yeah. If he does not kill Shane, they fucked up. Whether he actually wins the match or not, like, is I, I know that I just went on a fucking thing of, like, wins and losses are important, damn it. But, like, uh, in this case, it is a little bit more important that he kills Shane, whether he actually technically wins the match or not. Yeah. But, yeah, that all right. That's going to call the pay-per-view for us. Um was there any um, things from 205 Live or NXT? Oh, yeah. Shit, we got the NXT to talk about, too. Uh, I think we covered 205 Live uh, with Kalisto. Oh, we also had a um, really good uh, flipping out segment with uh, Cedric. Yeah, I mean, that was that was really great uh, psychology on his part of actually, like, taking out Kendrick beforehand and then, like, giving in to kind of the temptation of, like, well, if these guys are going to be bitches, then I'm going to fucking hit them with their weapons. Yeah. Sort of thing, like yeah, you know, I was like, good, very good stuff. Uh, but Gallagher does need some new music for that heel gimmick. Definitely, unless they just want to keep being really jarring with it and have it be like people are confused. It's like, why does this guy come out to this music? This guy's an asshole, and he comes out to such lighthearted music. Maybe, maybe that'll be part of his thing. Is like, I'm still a gentleman. I get to come yeah. out to my music. <laughs> I'm an asshole. I'm a gentlemanly asshole. <laughs> if you're if you're a true gentleman, you have to be an asshole. That's the yeah. only way. Uh, but then, yeah, for NXT, uh, only thing there is 
uh, the <clears throat> Drew McIntyre and Roderick Strong match. Uh, I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, um, was, that was a good match. Very strong match. Yeah. Uh, we we got and a... then we got tease. Yeah, the tease with the uh, undisputed era trying to say like, "Hey, you guys should join us," or mm-hmm. Roderick Strong, you should join us. But Which, then, uh, but I guess we kind di- of go ahead. I was gonna say, but then we had the tease of the uh, War Games match, and did you hear the teams for this? I did. Uh, so we've got what is it? We've got um, Undisputed Era. Undisputed Era. Yeah. We've got Sanity, and then we've mm-hmm. got the Authors of Pain plus Roderick Strong. Yeah. So what do you think about that? I have a conspiracy theory for you. I love these. All right. <laughs> Because we, we had the offer here this week where Adam Cole was talking to Roderick Strong and was like, hey, you should join us, essentially. Yeah. Or at least the little tease, which I, I think we'll probably get more of a promo of that at some point to draw this out a little bit longer. Because, you know, not, not to go into the spoilers too much, but like part of the whole setup as to why Roderick Strong's with Authors of Pain was like there's some sort of setup moment where it's like, oh, is Roddy still going to join with the Undisputed Era? But then he like seems to turn on them seems to turn on them is the operative word joe doesn't actually turn on them he turns on them for now to set up the true betrayal at war games where he will reveal his true allegiance as part of the undisputed era and then together the four of them will destroy the authors of pain and sanity in one fell swoop in one fell swoop the Undisputed Era will claim NXT in the War Games match. It will make... It will give the, the War Games match the edge that it needs because the idea behind War Games is that you have two teams, mm-hmm. a face team and a heel team, and then as each guy is added to the match, usually the heels continually get the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be like a two-on-one situation until another face can come out and even the odds, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So with three teams, though, you're never really going to get that. Yeah, that's going to be hard. Because I, I almost imagine like the way that they would even book this, too, if, if you go with me with the story, would be that like the Undisputed Era is basically constantly trying to like get almost like Sanity and Authors of Pain to destroy each other, and then they clean up the scraps. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you could get that huge moment of the the man advantage, so to speak, mm-hmm. if uh, Roddy turns on Authors of Pain. Absolutely, I that's that's what I really want. I think that would put over the War Games match and make this a really big memorable moment. I think it would help put over the undisputed eras of faction, and I think it would help Roddy Strong a lot because mm-hmm. I think him being on his own is just going to lead to him being a. Uh, surrounded by guys who are honestly more interesting <laughs> yeah but he's, he's got a family and fights right and yeah well sure <laughs> <laughs> so do all my neighbors <laughs> <laughs> as Roddy's character he's your neighbor but like he's he's so uncharismatic <laughs> like he's so bland when he fucking talks and shit I don't know. It's just, I think he needs more of that edge, and I think him turning oh, heel for a little bit is really where it's going to come. So he would be much better as a heel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so then we go on to Ultima Lucha Tris, part dos. Uh, yes. And we started out with a battle royale. Battle royale for a unique opportunity. It's always a unique opportunity. Which have usually been uh, pretty good. Yeah. But there's always the twist. Uh, so we had the Mac, Escalada, Cortez Castro, Joey Ryan, Vinny Massaro, Arjenes, Saltador, PJ Black, Mal Suerte, Paul London, Son of Madness, Masquerita Sagrada, and Ricky Mundo. Yeah, so essentially everybody who does not have a match. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the Mac came out of this. Mm-hmm. And his yeah. unique opportunity was going for a Cheerios championship. But with who? Who? And it ends up who? being Killshot. Who? Killshot and Dante Fox. And I love Dario Quadro because he added on, well, whatever's left of them. Yeah, he, he sets up this match for him to just completely fail because he's uh, going to have to fight with the guys who just murdered each other last week. So, Like literally yeah. murdered each other, like blood and everything. Like just straight up murder. Uh, so yeah, that that'll be a lot of fun, and I I love his little twists on shit and all that, um, and his little involvement in these different angles, like because he he got involved in here, and they also got involved with the next match, uh, just briefly at least with the uh, Evilise versus Katrina. Uh, yeah, Evilise kicking down doors. Yeah, kicking down doors, and uh, Katrina smashing bottles over Evilise's head, so that uh, Evilise could get the win with the crimson mask there, mm-hmm. looking like a badass. And then we had our first betrayal of the night, because this was a night of betrayals. This was, was a night of betrayals. Ultima Lucha Tres, part dos, la betrayas. <laughs> Los betrayas. <laughs> uh, and Jeremiah Crane comes out thinking that he's going to help Ivelisse, but ends up attacking her and breaking her ankle with a hammer. Yeah, he fucking just took a hammer right to her fucking like ankle and knee and shit, like just fucked her up. Mm-hmm. That was nasty. But then it got even more intense than with uh, the final match of the night. Uh, we had Phoenix going up against Marty the Moth Martinez in the hair versus Great mask match. Event. Oh, my God. Dude, Phoenix, like, I, Marty the Moth is also great, but, like, Phoenix is just unbelievable, dude. Like, if, if WWE just wants to do Rey Mysterio again, here he is. Pretty much. I mean, even to, even to add on to that, do you know that... Um, I think it's, like, within, like, AAA and stuff like that. He's going as, like, Ray Phoenix now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'd say, wait, was... Is Ray... Yeah, Ray's a AAA guy, right? Uh, I think he wrestles with AAA to some extent. Yeah. I'm not sure. I feel like Ray Mysterio just kind of does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, I just didn't know if uh, he had been a CMLL guy, because that would have been kind of funny if oh, AAA was like, right. Ray Phoenix! And really, he was with... Mm-hmm. Well, Ray just means king. Yeah. So they could have a bunch of Rays. Yeah. I guess if they wanted to. Uh, but we had Phoenix coming out of here with the win. Uh, and Martinez is attempting to escape. Enter Mariposa. But she attacks him. Yeah, she sort of sells him out. I I feel like the implication would be here just that it's like you're too weak and I don't accept weakness, so fuck you. Like mm. because you lost the match, sort of thing. Because I would I would assume if if we get to um, a season four of this show that we'll probably have a, a feud between Mariposa and Marty the Moth here. Yeah, 
Oh, and we also had uh, Melissa Santos kind of get her revenge here, too. Yeah, even Melissa Santos got some revenge. But yeah, great match. Uh, a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, Marty was really fucking selling it, too, which just had how fucking crazy and how pissed he was with getting his hair cut and everything. Yeah. So. And time. I love, too, I, di- I didn't know how I felt about them breaking up Ultima Lucha into, like, separate weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm loving this format. Yeah, it's nice, because then you get, like, little tiny main events. Yeah, exactly. And, like, they feel like a bigger deal. Right, instead of just being kind of, like, thrown in the middle of a card somewhere. It's like, oh, all right, this gets to feel like its own really big deal. So I'm trying to, like, which which matches did they advertise for next week? Is that the, um, uh, Mil Mortez, or not Mil Mortez, um, Matanza and Dragon Azteca match? I think. Possibly. Also, I didn't catch I think that. also the gauntlet matches next week. The, uh, the three-way for the gauntlet. Mm, the gauntlet for the gauntlet. Yeah, the gauntlet for the gauntlet. And, uh, well, actually, probably one of those main event, and then they might do, like, the trios match. I could see that being next week. Because then they still got, like, the uh, last Luchador standing match with, like, Sexy Star and Taya to do. They've got the, obviously, the main event will be last. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they got Pentagon and um, uh, Son of Havoc. So, actually, you know what? I could see that main eventing next week as kind of, like, the other big title match. You know, like, have this main, uh, that main event next week, and then the last week would be the, obviously, the title versus career. Yeah. Because that's a much bigger deal. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, either way, still got two more fucking exciting weeks of Ultima Lucha Trace. Yes. I really hope this is not the very end of Ultima or just Lucha Underground in general. I, please, Ult- Lucha Gods, give me a season El four. Rey. El Rey El- Network, please. <laughs> please, the Lucha Gods of El Rey Network, fund a fourth season. I shall also ask all of the seven deities <laughs> and Vanguard One <laughs> and George Washington for all of who's their now eight. a giraffe. <laughs> who's now a giraffe? Um, yeah, I man, I love Lucha Underground. It's so much fun. The one-hour format is great. It makes me want to watch more. Whereas with Raw, I always feel exhausted. Exactly. Um, but speaking of exhausted, I'm feeling pretty exhausted now. I am wiped out. <laughs> All right. I guess that's going to call it for us then. All right. Uh, so we will be watching Hell in a Cell on Sunday. So check out our social media, Facebook, Super Smart Brothers, Twitter, at Smart Brothers, and send in your fan questions to supersmartbrothers at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean. Peace out, motherfuckers. See you in hell.